Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Donna Deckard, and this is the House of Ephraim show on Tuesday, March the 7th, 2023. And today, well, it's Teacher's Tuesday. Yes, it is. But first, a word from And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Welcome back. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard, and this is the House of Ephraim show. I have a few announcements before we minister today. I want to remind all of you, we have a quarterly coming up. Yes, that is April 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Registration will be $25, and I am I'll tell you what, I am so excited. I want you to come expecting God to meet your needs. Yes, yes, you need to do that. You need to come expecting him to meet your needs because as you pull on that anointing, God will be there. Yes, he will. So be sure and get registered. Uh, We have have, uh, coming up in April as well. We have Passover coming up. That's April, starts sundown April the 5th and goes through sundown on the 13th. So uh, actually Passover is considered April 6th through the 12th. But as you know, our Jewish days start the evening before, okay? So, and you know what? I just want to mention today is Purim. Yes. Now, Purim is not one of the Levitical feasts, but it is a feast that uh, that the uh, celebration that the Jewish people do keep, and it's in remembrance of Esther and how Esther saved her her nationality. and uh, And if you haven't read the story of Esther lately, you might want to pull that out and read that today, just to just to uh, uh, remind you and refresh your memory about it, you know. 
But anyway, today is perm, so I want to wish all of you a blessed perm, okay? Well, I want to remind you that we do have available live every Friday night Sabbath service with Prophet Mark Reinbold. That's available on our YouTube channel, Jewish Prophet. We have Wednesday evening, which will be coming up tomorrow, uh, with myself on that same channel, Jewish Prophet. We have Blog Talk Radio, this station, five days a week with the late Prophet Deckard and myself. We have the other blog station with Prophet Gary Burpee and Prophet Greg Burpee on Tuesdays and on Thursdays. And so I want to welcome each of you. And uh, today, as I said, is Teacher's Tuesday. And we are going to continue on with our study for Passover, Pesach. We're going to continue that study. Turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we're going to begin in verse 41. Now his parents, talking about Yeshua, went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of Pesach. And as we have studied, there were three a Levitical feast that God required them to go to Jerusalem, the place that he had placed his name. They were required to go there. Why? Because that was where the temple was. That was where the sacrifices were made. Okay? We don't go there because the temple's not there because what? We are under a new covenant. We don't go and make a sacrifice at the temple in Jerusalem for our sins as they did. Because why? Because Yeshua became that sacrificial lamb. But at that time, Yeshua hadn't done that yet. And so his parents went to Jerusalem as was the custom every year every year they went to Jerusalem for Passover they also would go for Shavuot and they also would go for Sukkot they would do that God had set that up do you think that was convenient no it wasn't no it wasn't it wasn't convenient at all you know there's been people down through the years who've complained about the quarterly and how expensive it was. You know, you had to get a hotel and you had to pay for travel and, and, and this, that, and the other. And, 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 and I understand that. And Prophet felt bad about that. But do you know what? Do you know what he began to understand and God began to show him? Nothing comes easy that's worth it. I want you to think about that in your life. Has there been anything that was of great value that came easy to you? No, you have to put forth an effort. Prophet used to say, you have to spend money to make money. He used to give away his materials, his, his audio tapes. He used to give them away, and finally the angel came and said, stop it. And God showed him a vision. He saw one of the elders of his church come home with his tape, open a closet, and throw it in. And there at the bottom of the closet was just piles of tapes. They never listened to him. 
And the angel said, you're giving it to them. It's not costing them anything, and so it's not of value to them. It's not of value to them. And I want you to know, coming to quarterly is a value to you. If it's not of value to you, you won't. You'll make all the excuses and say, I can't come because this, this, and this. It's too expensive, blah, 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 blah. But if it's a value to you, and let me tell you what, Prophet and I began to notice the ones who put forth the effort to come to quarterly were the ones who grew spiritually quicker than the ones who didn't. Why? Because they put forth the effort. They put forth the effort. And there are those of you that that wouldn't miss a quarterly. From hell and high water, you wouldn't miss a quarterly. And there's those of you that will make excuses as to why you can't. But they were required by God to travel to Jerusalem for these three festivals. And so Yeshua had went with them when he was 12. And when they had fulfilled the days, they returned. The child Yeshua carried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother didn't know it. Now I've heard preachers say, you know, well, what kind of parents were they? Here they lost the Son of God. Well, I understand. Have you ever lost a child? Have you ever been... Have you ever been somewhere and a child wandered off? Doesn't make you a bad parent. They were traveling with relatives. They were traveling in a company, in a group. They thought he was with the other children. It says they supposed him to be in the company, and they went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk and their acquaintances. But when they didn't find him, they turned back to Jerusalem seeking him. And I could imagine the pit in their stomachs, thinking about their boy, 12 years old, lost in Jerusalem. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple. So they went one day, traveled back the second day, and then they were looking for him for a whole day. And they finally found him in the temple. He was sitting among the doctors and both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. Here's this 12-year-old snot-nosed kid. He's not been to seminary. He's from from some little town. He doesn't live here in Jerusalem. He's not in our theological school. How can he know this stuff? How can he know it? And they that heard him were astonished 
at his understanding and his answers. That didn't change, did it? And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why has you dealt with us this way? Behold, your father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And if any of you have ever lost a child for even one 15-minute segment in a crowded area, you can understand them seeking him sorrowing. But it wasn't just for 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. It was for three solid days. And when they, he said to them, how is it you sought me? Was you not that I would be about my father's business? Yeshua wasn't being a disrespectful, conniving child. He was there doing God's business, his father's business. And he couldn't understand why mom and dad didn't know that's where he was going to be. Now, that's something to amaze and amuse you, isn't it? How does he know that already? Mary knew he was the son of God. So did Joseph. They didn't expect that of Yeshua, did they? No, they didn't. It was a stark reminder to them, hey, boys, different. This boy's the son of God. Luke 2. Look back up in verse 40. The child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. You see, Mary and Joseph had watched that wisdom grow, even in that 12-year-old boy. Back to verse 50, Luke 2, 50. And they understood not the saying which he spake to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Yeshua increased in wisdom and stature. What, 12 years old? I'm, I'm sure he did. He started, getting, he started growing into a man. And in favor with God and with man. The presidents that he set that day, as he sat with theologians and doctors of the land of Israel, men who studied scriptures and had access to them daily, doesn't tell us what he asked or what he told them. But it says they were awed at what he said. They didn't soon forget. They didn't soon forget. Luke 1, 5 through 24. There was in those days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest, Zechariah 
And the course of Abiah and his wife, the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and the ordinance of the Lord, blameless. Walking in righteousness and holiness. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they both were now stricken in years. It came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense. And when he went into the temple of the Lord, and the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah saw him. He was troubled, and he fell down. Fear fell on him. Fear fell on him. The angel said to him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife, Elizabeth, shall bear thee a son. They'd been praying for a son or a child. They'd been praying for a child. The angel says, Zachariah, God's heard your prayer. God has heard your prayer. And Elizabeth, your wife, will have a son. And then the angel said, and you're going to call his name John. Not little Zachy, John. And now shall have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. He was going to have a ministry. He was anointed from his mother's womb. God had kept it in the family. She was related to Mary. They were related. This didn't happen by chance. It was predestined from, by God. You see, it was time. John the Baptist was going to bring in and prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Now, Zacharias is being told, you are going to have a son. Prayers have been heard. Verse 17, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. You see, God knew. God knew that Rome was going to get rid of the Kohanim. 
knows the beginning and he knows the end. And he knew that Rome was going to replace those priests, those ones who were the pureness of the Levitical priesthood. They were going to be replaced by people who would be willing to work with the government. Zachariah would be one of them that they would get rid of. That's the reason why when John crossed back over the Jordan, people flocked to him because they knew he was of the pure Kohan. Zechariah said to the angel, verse 18, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well-stricken in years. I want you to think about something. This is an angel that has appeared unto Zechariah. Fear fell upon him, and the angel said, Don't be afraid! And then he says, God has heard your prayers, and you will have a son, and even said what the name of your son will be. But you see, Zacharias, even though he was a priest, he was there burning incense unto the Lord. Zacharias was looking at the natural. He said, how, how can this happen? I'm an old man. My wife, she can't, she can't bear children. Had he forgotten the story of Abraham and Sarah? I'm sure he knew it. But you see, that wasn't a common occurrence. He said, how is that going to be? Now, I can remember Prophet talking about he said, when those angels come, they bring messages from the throne room of God. He said, you don't ask them questions. You're saying, yes, sir. And you're receiving the instruction. But Zacharias asked a question. In verse 19, the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel that stands in the presence of God. I am sent to speak unto you and to show you these glad tidings, Zacharias. You should be happy. Not asking how it's going to be done. Behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak till the day that these things will be performed. You see, this was so important. This had to happen. God couldn't allow Zacharias' unbelief to get in the way. He sent the angel to tell Zacharias. And the angel said, I'm Gabriel. I, I come from the throne room of God to give you these glad tidings. And you ask me how will it be done, you ain't going to be able to talk. It's accomplished. 
You see, it's our mouths that gets us in trouble most of the time. It's our mouth. It's our mouth. God hears your prayer. You ask God for something, and you look at his word, and you read it, and you say, God, your word says, and I'm believing you for this. And God says, that's what my word says, granted. But it doesn't happen fast for you and I. It takes too long. You see, John wasn't going to be born the next day. It took the natural timing. Zacharias had to go home with his wife after his duty was done at the temple. She had to have nine months to carry that child in her womb. God works with the natural laws as well as the supernatural. He went with the supernatural that she was able to bear a child. But he went with the natural laws and it took her nine months to, to develop that child. Sometimes God does things miraculously in our lives. And we get to thinking, God, you should do it miraculously every time. But that's not how God works. You see, it takes faith to please God. It takes faith in him and his word. And you you look at that scripture and you read that word and you say, I'm going to stand on that word. I'm going to believe God for this situation. God. And he hears your prayer. And he says, it's granted. It's granted. But it doesn't happen miraculously. It happens at a natural rate. It happens at what we consider to be a snail's pace. And the next thing you know, our mouth goes to running. Well, I prayed and I believed God, but it didn't happen. How many of you have been guilty of that? Oh, we all have, including me. We all have done that. God, it didn't happen. It didn't work. I waved the magic wand of your word, and it didn't work, God. Our mouth. Our mouth. I'm sure when we get to heaven and God plays back the video, of our lives, we're going to find out how many times we opened our mouth and caused things to stop. We pray mass for because of our doubt and unbelief. But you see, this had to happen 
This was predestined. This had to happen. The timing was there. Mary had Yeshua in her womb, and Elizabeth was going to have John the Baptist in his womb or her womb. And it had to happen simultaneously. And the angel said, you're going to be dumb, Zechariah. Not able to speak until the day that these things are performed. Because you did not believe my words. You didn't believe what I said, Zacharias, but they will be fulfilled in their season. What words of God have you not believed that will be fulfilled in their season? The people waited for Zacharias and they marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he couldn't speak to them. And they perceived that he'd seen a vision in the temple, for he beaconed unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the day of his ministration was accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself for five months. It is believed by the historians of the Hebrews that John the Baptist was born during Passover. Predestinated. As soon as he was born, they all wanted to know what his name was going to be. The scripture says Zachariah's tongue was loose, and he said his name will be John. And they're all like, there's no John in your family line. Why would you name that child John? He had talked to the angel Gabriel. That's why. Turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 7 through 15. And as they departed, Yeshua began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went you out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken in the wind? But what went you out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? The old they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what went you out to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you among them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he For from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied unto John, and if ye will receive it, this is Elias. 
which was to come. He that has an ear, let him hear. Yeshua was speaking to them in a realm far beyond the carnal mind. He says, you can pick this up in your spirit, man. If you have spiritual ears to hear, let you hear. Did they have spiritual ears to hear? Some did. Most didn't. Matthew 26. Matthew chapter 26. We're going to start in verse 17 through 30. Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Yeshua saying to him, Well, we're about that we prepare to eat the Passover. They were going to Jerusalem. And he said, Go to the city to such a man and say to him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Yeshua had appointed them. And they made ready the Passover. And when evening was come, he sat down with the twelve. And they did eat. And he said, Verily, I say to you, that one of you, will betray me. But they were exceedingly sorrowful. This was supposed to be a Passover Seder. Yeshua was at the the prime of his ministry. They were learning stuff every trip they made out. People were being saved and healed. And delivered. And here they are at the Passover Seder. And Yeshua says, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And they began, every one of them, to say to him, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? And he answered and he said, He that dipped his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. And the Son of Man goes as is written of him, but woe to the man to whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he hadn't been born. One of the 12 disciples, Yeshua is saying, it would have been good if you hadn't have been born. What is Yeshua talking about? He gave him a clue back here when he said, go tell the person of the house, the master of the house, my time is at hand. Yeshua knew it was time for him to become the sacrificial lamb. And he knew he was going to be betrayed by one of his disciples. 
And they're all saying, Lord, is it I? Is it I? Verse 25, and Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Yeshua took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and he gave thanks and gave it to them and said, Drink, eat all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until the day that I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And they sung a hymn. They went out into the Mount of Olives. In another rendition, it says, after they took the bread and dipped it, Judas got up and left. The Seder. John chapter 13. Now before the peace, verse 1 through 30. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Yeshua knew that his hour was come, I want you to understand, Yeshua knew it was time. This is what he came to this earth for. Not to have the big ministry. So he came to be the sacrificial lamb at Passover. His hour was come that he should depart this world unto the Father. Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them to the end. And being supper, being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, should betray him. And Yeshua, knowing the Father, had given all things unto his hands, and he was come from God and that he went to God. He knew where he came from. He knew where he was going. He just knew that the path there wasn't going to be fun for his flesh. Wasn't going to be fun for his flesh. He rose from supper. He laid aside his garments. And he took a towel and he girded himself. And after he poured water into a basin, he began to wash the disciples' feet. And wiped them with the towel wherein he was girded. There are two hand washings in the Seder. One before you eat the meal and one after. Now this, one of those washings. It wasn't out of order, but it was different. Then come and see him, Simon Peter. And Peter said unto him, Lord, thou will wash my feet? The tradition is the hand washing, Yeshua, not... Not my feet. And Yeshua said to him, What I do you don't understand. But you will know hereafter. 
You see, Yeshua was working in the supernatural. Peter was looking in the natural. And Peter said to him, thou shalt never wash my feet. You see, that's, that's a job for, for a servant. Not, not you. Yeshua answered and said, if I, wash, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. I want, I want to be part of you, God. Yeshua said, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his own feet, but is clean every whit, and you are clean, Peter, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him, and therefore he said, you are not all clean. He knew Judas wasn't clean. And so after he washed their feet, had taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Know you not what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. He's trying to get them to realize that ministry is serving. He was giving of himself. He was about to become silver lamb. He was about to willingly lay down his life. For their sin, for my sin, for your sin. He said, if I will become a servant to you, you become servants one to another. Are we servants one to another? Or are we constantly wanting to know what we can get from each other? Yeshua said, if I, your master and Lord, have washed your feet, have become a servant unto you, am willing to serve you, you need to serve one understand right now what I am doing but you will know hereafter did Peter understand servanthood yes he did yes he did verse 15 for I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you verily I say unto you the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. Speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, 
But that the scripture may be fulfilled, he that eateth bread with me has lifted his heel against me. Talking about Judas. Now I tell you before it comes, that when it is come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. When Yeshua had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. He loved Judas. The disciples looked to one another, doubting of whom he spake. They didn't have a clue. Now when there was leaning on Yeshua's bosom, one of his disciples whom Yeshua loved, Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him and that he should ask to whom he spake. And he then lying on Yeshua's breast said to him, Lord, who is it? And Yeshua said, it is he to whom I give sop. And when he had dipped it, and he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas, Iscariot, son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. And then Yeshua said to him, what thou doest, do quickly. Get it over with, Judas! Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this to Judas. They didn't understand. Some of them thought because Judas had the bag that Yeshua had said to him, buy these things that we have need against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. Judas went out in the middle of the Seder. Mark 15, 42 through 47. Now when evening was come, because it was the preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath. Now on preparation day, Yeshua was crucified and placed in the tomb. It was the day before Shabbat. Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor, which was also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly to Pilate and craved the body of Yeshua. And Pilate marveled, marveled if he had, was already dead, and calling to him the centurion, he asked him whether he had been dead a while. And when he knew of it, of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. And he brought, bought fine linen, linen and took him down and wrapped him in the linen and laid him in a sepulcher which was hewn out of rock and rolled a stone into the door of the sepulcher. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, beheld where he was laid. God had to purpose Joseph's heart because no one else 
was brave enough to go before Pilate. Yeshua was placed in the tomb on preparation day. There is no work to be done on that first day of Passover on Shabbat. Exodus 12, 15 through 19. Seven days shall you eat unleavened bread. Even the first day you shall put away leaven out of your house. For whosoever eateth leaven on the first day into the seventh, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. And in the first day shall be a holy convocation. And on the seventh day shall be a holy convocation to you. No manner of work shall be done in them, save that which every man must eat, that only may be done of you. And you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For in this selfsame day that I brought you and your armies out of the land of Egypt, therefore shall you observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. On the first month, on the 14th day of the month at even, you shall eat unleavened bread until the one and twentieth day of that month at even. Seven days there shall be no leaven found in your houses. For whosoever eateth that which is leaven, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be stranger or born in the land. Jesus had to be crucified. He had that Seder meal on that evening. He was crucified. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 16. God loves you. He made a way for us. All we have to do is believe. All we have to do is believe. Deuteronomy 16, 1 through 8, Observe the month of Abid and keep the Passover unto the Lord thy God. For in the month of Abid the Lord thy God brought thee forth out of Egypt by night. Thou shalt therefore sacrifice the Passover unto the Lord thy God of the flock of thy herd in the place which the Lord shall choose, the place to place his name there. That's Jerusalem. And thou shalt eat no unleavened bread with it. Seven days thou shalt eat unleavened bread therewith, even the bread of affliction. For thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt in haste, that thou mayest remember the day when thou came forth out of the land of Egypt all the days of thy life. There shall be no leavened bread seen with thee in thy coast seven days, neither shall there be any of flesh that sacrifice that first day at even remain all night until the morning. Thou mayest not sacrifice the Passover 
within any of thy gates which the Lord thy God giveth thee, but at the place which the Lord thy God shall choose the place to place his name in. There thou shalt sacrifice the Passover at even. At the going down of the sun, at the season that thou camest forth out of Egypt, and thou shalt roast and eat it in the place which the Lord thy God shall choose, and thou shalt turn in the morning and go into thy tent. Six days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day shall be a solemn assembly unto the Lord thy God. Thou shalt do no work therein. Yeshua had to be crucified in Jerusalem in order to fulfill the scriptures. Had to be done in the evening. Yeshua was crucified at 3 p.m. and it went dark. The day after Preparation Day was a special Sabbath. John 19:31 The Jews therefore because it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath day for that Sabbath was a high day They besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away Matthew 27 62 through 66. Now the next day, the following day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came before Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days, I will rise again. They were watching. They were listening. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away. And say unto the people, he is risen from the dead, so that the last heir will be worse than the first. And Pilate said to them, you have your watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as you can. And so they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing it in the stone and setting a watch. Exodus chapter 12, verse 12. For it shall come to pass, or excuse me, for I shall pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord, your God. God executed judgment against Egypt. The worst thing that can happen to any nation is to decide to attack Israel during Passover. 
God was executing judgment on Egypt's gods. It was a supernatural thing, even though it manifested itself in ten plagues. God's feast. God's Passover. There are four cups that are used in the Seder. It is believed that Yeshua took three during the supper and the fourth he took on the cross. The first cup is the cup of blessing. The second cup, the cup of deliverance. The third cup, the cup of redemption. And the fourth cup, the cup of completion or glorification. The scripture that describes all of these in his Exodus 6, 6 through 7. Wherefore, saying to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from the burden of the Egyptians. That's the cup of blessing. I will rid you out of the bondage, the cup of deliverance. I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and a great judgment, the cup of redemption. And I will take you for me, a people, and I will be your God and you will know I am the Lord your God that bringeth you out from under the burden of the Egyptians, the cup of completion or glorification. Pesach, Passover. Let's pray, Father, I come before you. I lift up those who are listening today. I ask, Father, I ask, Father, as you have pricked their hearts and showed them where they have opened their mouths and stopped your blessing, they will repent. They will open the scriptures. And they will stand in faith. In Yeshua's precious name. Amen. Amen. I want to thank each of you for tuning in today. And I want to remind you that with God, all things are possible. Shalom. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.